welcome again to Mill City Church. My name is Stephanie. I'm the lead pastor here at Mill City, so a special welcome to any of you who are here for one of the first few times. We are genuinely grateful that you came. I know it takes a lot of courage sometimes to come into a new community, so please let Adobe give you the free gift she has for you, all right? Um, we're going to do something just a little bit different in a good way this morning. Don't, don't feel nervous. Um, so if you did not get a notebook and a pen when you came in, could you raise your hand so Adobe and Amy and whoever else is helping could give you one? Just raise your hand real quick. They'll bring one down here for you. Uh, while you're doing that, nice and, nice and high, it's going to be awkward if you don't have the notebook, okay? It's really, just, just take it. Also, I personally stamped the Mill City logo on them all for you out of love, out of love. Like, like that was really hard, but it wasn't. Okay. Um, I do want to say one more thing. We are so grateful for those of you who have filled out the community survey this year. Almost 200 people have done that. So at this point, if you haven't, you're one of the ones that are left out. Okay? So if you, <laughs> if you go to millcitychurch.com slash survey, you'll see, put this up here for a second, here, Heidi, you'll see that we are offering a free gift for those of you who are going to fill this out, and that is a coffee or a beverage of whatever your choice is at Corner Coffee, the brand new coffee shop, which is a church on Sundays on Central Avenue. Has anyone gone to get their coffee yet? Okay, okay, a few people. Listen, we're supporting them. We're, they're not giving this away for free. This is a gift from us so we can support them. All right, someone is like, I'm going to do the survey now. I want to be in the, okay, we're almost at 200. All right, that's all I have to say. Thank you for pa passing out those notebooks. Um, we're in our final, final conversation today, uh, talking about steps of faith. That's what we're going to press into today. So let's pray together, and then we'll jump into Scripture together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to pause in this long weekend and to reflect on you, to reflect, Jesus, on your love for us, to reflect on, uh, like Claire prayed earlier, that we can seek after you and that you want to be found. God, we pray that you'd show your face to us this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would be powerful in this place. And we pray, God, that your spirit would remain here in this school, that Las Estrellas would have your spirit through these halls, through these classrooms as kids come back on Tuesday. God, we pray uh, your hand to be upon the teachers, the faculty, the staff, and the students, and the parents and the families of this school. We're grateful for their hospitality to host us here. So God, we pray that you would be the one that brings uh, challenge and invitation and gives us a word from you today. We welcome you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, um, I often like to start with a poll. So if anyone knows me, you know I like to start with a poll. I think there's two types of people in life. Usually there's not only two, but you know. There's two types of people in life. There's morning people and people that wish morning didn't exist. Is there like a third type? Some of you are like, don't box me. Okay, so who's a morning person? Whoa. Who's a, I wish morning didn't exist, and who's the, don't put me in a box? I see you. That's fine. I am a person that wishes morning didn't exist, all right? And uh, my husband and our housemate knows that, which means they know that they should not talk to me for at least a half an hour or two hours, somewhere in between there, um, and before I've had coffee, obviously. And so this is, this is me in the morning. Now, I was reflecting earlier um, a, little, a while back on kind of what gets me up in the morning because I'm trying to think, how does it not have to be two hours before I can get going? Can it maybe only be a half an hour before I wake my brain up? And so I had gotten into the habit of convincing myself that the way that I can wake my brain up every morning is that one of the first things I do is listen to the news. Yeah, think about that for a second. Pastor Steph's like, this is fine. This is good. This is good for me. My brain, woo, it's going. Let's have a moment of reflection. What was waking me up in the morning? Was it the interesting, 
facts? <laughs> was it the interesting stories? Or was it anxiety? Because I think it was that, all right? What happens when the thing that gets us up in the morning <laughs> is not, you know, just the alarm clock, because I need more than that, but I was letting anxiety, and I still do sometimes, let anxiety be the thing that gets me going, gets me out of bed, gets me to the coffee pot. I mean, that's what I need, something from here to there, right? And as I was reflecting on that, I thought, this is not good in my life. And as we talk about steps of faith, we talk about how we take steps towards Jesus in our life, how we live a Jesus-centered life. And is it just so true that it is difficult to live a Jesus-centered life in our complex world today? When, when the, the thought that I have is that it might be a good idea for me to wake up by looking at the news and letting the anxiety wake me up. So here's my question that I have for us today. It's this. How do we center our lives on Jesus in an increasingly complex and anxious world? If anyone just found out the world's complex and anxious, we have a prayer team later. But how do we do this? And I want to tell you today it's not easy, and I don't have an easy answer for you today. But I do want us to practice this today. How do we practice being people that can center our lives on Jesus in a world that is increasingly complex, increasingly anxious? Last week I talked about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. If you weren't here, this is kind of what I, what I often talk about. I talk about being an apprentice of Jesus is really what disciple means. We're apprenticing Jesus, and that means we need to look at these three things. His works, his words, and his ways. The works of Jesus, or what Jesus did, the words of Jesus, or what Jesus said, and the ways of Jesus. How did he do the things he did? And we apprentice Jesus by saying, I want to draw close to Jesus, I want to be like Jesus, and then I want to figure out how do I do what Jesus would do if he were me? What would Jesus do if he were you is the question I asked. And so this is what we see. We see in these four Gospels, the stories of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We see Jesus' story and we say, how can we be more like Jesus and follow his works and his words and his ways? And so when we ask this question, how do we be Jesus-centered in an increasingly complex and anxious world? Let's say, well, what did Jesus do? And what does that mean that Jesus would do if he were you? There's a lot in the stories of the Gospels. But let me just draw to one little section, just two verses, okay? Luke 5, 15 and 16. I'll put them up on the screen. Jesus has been out. He has called his disciples. He's been healing people. People are clamoring to get near to him. And it says in verse 15, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. If Jesus, the, the most perfect human that ever lived, who was fully human but also fully God, needed to find some space from the people, maybe we do too, right? Some space to connect with the Father, for him, for us to connect with the Father, Son, and Spirit to be able to be people who can center our lives on Jesus. And I think this looks different in everybody's life. I'm not one that says, oh, this is what a devotional looks like or a quiet time. I actually think we need to be people that say, what does this look like for me? But when we look at this, I think about, you know, this reality of me waking up with anxiety every day. And I, I was not centering myself on Jesus first thing in the morning. I was centering myself on the current events, also known as the anxiety events. And that was starting my day off. And so I think about this. Jesus withdrew to lonely places to pray. The morning, by definition, is lonely for me because I told everyone to leave me alone. But I was using my lonely time, my alone time, 
to consume things that were stirring up anxiety in my heart instead of even a short moment of centering on Jesus first thing. And I'm somebody who, I'm just going to be honest, I love my, my phone. I love the, the way that it, technology allows us to do things. And so right there, I have, and I, I'll put these up on the screen, these three examples, three apps that I have used in, in my life. And the, right now, for me, it's the first one, Pray As You Go, that I can just put on first thing in the morning, even if I can't get my eyeballs open, and I can start my day with one of these rhythms. They're usually very short, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, some music, some scripture, some prayer time. That is a very different way to wake up than with the current events, yes? And so I just encourage you, Pray As You Go is the one I use because I love the music and then the scripture, they read it twice. Um, there's also Lectio 365, um, and that's awesome for, we'll talk about what Lectio is today, just a way to, to listen to scripture differently. And then if you're really into the daily prayer idea, here's the thing. Daily prayer app has morning, midday, and evening prayers. And I'm telling you, like, you can just push play and start to center yourself on Jesus. Once again, this is, everybody's different, but I'm just telling you, I'm being honest with you. I noticed that I was not even starting my day centering on Jesus. I was centering on anxiety, and I needed to figure out how to center on Jesus, and this is one of the things I tried, and I tried things until it worked for me, and that's what I'm encouraging you to do. So here's my, my encouragement to us today. Practices help us center our life on Jesus in an increasingly complex and anxious world. Practices help us center our lives on Jesus in an increasingly complex and anxious world. And when I say practices, I mean we're putting faith into practice. We're saying I'm going to not have something perfect. I'm going to put something into practice. And I'm also talking about a lot of different things that we can put into practice. And I have heard so many people say, maybe when my life is a little less crazy, I can start getting some spiritual practices in. And I want to flip that script and say, your life is crazy, so you need some practices. You see the difference there? That in our lives right now, the only thing, especially when you got little kiddos, especially when you're taking teenagers all over the place, especially when you're right in the heat of your job and it's stressful and they're expecting you to work during your commute that you used to have because now you're working at home, list it, right? Especially in those times, what would it mean to say that the only thing that happens every day that's regular is the practice that I have to connect with Jesus? The only thing. So we're going to talk about some of these things today. Um, I want to direct you to a couple things. First of all, um, this last year, we've talked about how everybody connects with Jesus differently. You know that. You're different than the person sitting next to you. And one of the, the beautiful things that we've dug into is what we call the spiritual pathways. So Heidi can put these up on the screen. We have these five pathways, the contemplative pathway, the nature pathway, the creative pathway, the activism pathway, and the intellectual pathway. And if you go to millcitychurch.com pathways, write it down in your notebook, then you can, you can even take a quiz to see which one is more you. Like, which, which thing are you most drawn to? And I'm a, I'm a nature pathway person, so I can't even explain it. But if I'm next to a lake or a river or a mountain, it's like me and Jesus, if someone's talking to me, I'm not even sure what they said. Like, that's for me, right? What is it for you? So if you go, you can take a little quiz and find out. Today, what I want us to do with our time together is actually do three practices from the contemplative practice, uh, the contemplative pathway. So today, right now, here, sitting here with your notebooks, we're going to do three practices. And for some of you, these are going to be brand new. Totally fine. That's a lot of people. Trust me. And for others, you're going to say, oh, I, I know about these. And this is just a moment. We're just going to carve out some time to not just have me talk about these practices, but for us to do them uh, sitting there and in, with your notebook and together in this room. So here's the three practices. The first is an examine. The second is Lectio Divina, which we sometimes call a form of that dwelling in the word. It means divine listening to scripture. 
And then the third is, is listening prayer, listening prayer. So we're going to do these things together. Ashish is up here to play music because I shouldn't be the one that does that. Turns out I, I failed my um, rehearsal, my tryout, my, what do you call it? Audition. My audition. I failed the audition for the worship team. It's fine. I have other skills. So what we're going to do is, is go through each of these things. So you, get, can, you can get your notebook out if you have it there. Anybody else want to raise their hand and say, I didn't raise my hand. I needed a notebook. We can get you one. Okay. So the examine. Very simple. See, Ray, go get a notebook, man. All right. So here's the thing with the examine. You can, you're examining, examine your life. You're looking back on, let's say, a day. At the end of the day, you could look back on the day. Today is Sunday, so you could look back on this weekend or maybe even this last week. And what you're going to do is you're going to go through your week, and you're going to think about what emotions you had, what happened, what you're experiencing. And then the question at the end we're going to get to is just, when did you feel close to God and when did you feel far from God in that? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk through these bullet points with you and give you a couple minutes in between each one for you to write down some thoughts. Now, these are going to be abbreviated versions of these practices. You can do them. If you only have 10 minutes, just use 10 minutes. That's okay. But today we're going to go through them where you could take more time if you wanted to at home, okay? So let's start. First, in your notebook, recall specific moments and the feelings that you had at the time. So everybody try to write down in the last 48 hours five moments that stick out to you. Go ahead. Five Four or five moments that stick out to you from this last 48 hours or maybe even earlier this week. Go ahead. Now, as you look at your five, four or five things, reflect on this next question. What, what did you do? What did you say? Or what were you thinking in those times? Maybe jot, jot down a couple notes near your five moments.
next, think about those moments. And were any of them one where you felt like God was far away, that you were moving farther from God's heart for you during that time, that maybe it didn't feel like God was there even? Make any notes or circle one of those times when you felt like God was far. think about a time when think about a time when it felt like you were close to God or one of those times one time when you felt like you were drawing closer to God and I'm going to leave these these four bullets up here on the screen for you and we'll put them up for people at home and I'm just going to give you a couple more mi- minutes to reflect maybe another moment will come up for you try to think of at least one where it felt closer to God and one where you felt maybe like God wasn't there see what comes to the surface for you in a couple minutes ask you one more question but I'll just share when I was thinking I thought of a hard conversation I had with someone and I felt regret about some of the ways that I was speaking and I think my feeling I felt from that was shame and it's interesting because that's when I felt like I was far from God when I know I think in my heart that God doesn't want me to feel shame and then when it was good I was thinking about a time when I was visiting my best friend had a new little baby and I got to hold this little baby and I was just like my feelings were just awe and wonder of this little human, and he is just so beautiful. And I felt so close to God right there because this little baby was was just this beautiful miracle. So now I think the final question that I want to offer to you is this. Just take a minute. Does God have anything to say 
to you about that time? Does God have anything to say to me about that shame I was feeling? Does God have anything to say to me about that awe that I had? Take just one more minute to write down anything you might hear from God. If you don't hear anything, that's okay. But just take one more minute. God, we pray that you would continue to speak to us about the experiences we had this week. We, we believe that you were there even when we felt far from you. We believe that like a loving parent, you, you see us even in our mistakes and you see us in our celebrations and everything in between and you're with us. Help us when we draw close to you to, to be in awe of that and to celebrate that and when we feel far from you to ask questions about why that is to seek after you and find you even in the pain and the suffering and the questions. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So you can see how that practice could go a lot longer. I'm going to ask you to turn a page. We're going to do the second one. So turn a page in your booklet and the next one we're going to do is called Lectio Divina. It's Latin for divine listening. And it's just a way to listen to scripture. I love studying scripture as, I mean, you know, pastor nerd. Of course, I love to dig deep, read commentaries. What does it say in the Greek? What does it say in the Hebrew? Love it, love it. This is not that, okay? Lectio Divina is letting, instead of saying, I want to read scripture, you're letting scripture read you and your life. What does God want to say to you through God's word? There's good questions for later, but in this moment, and we're going to look at words of Jesus, what might Jesus be saying to you? And there's a few different ways to do this. Today's just one way. All of these are on the Contemplative Spiritual Pathway page. You can find them. But we're going we're gonna to read the passage four times, okay? And each of these four times, we're going to be looking for different things. Don't worry. I'm going to walk you through them. You don't need to write these down. And what we'll do is you're, you're digging a little deeper into different ways as we listen. Sometimes as a community, we do this, and we call it dwelling in the Word because it's a little different. We read it just two times. And the main question is, what sticks out to us? What might God be saying to us? Some of you have experienced that. In, how many of you have experienced that here in our community where we've done that? So I just want to encourage you, you could do this with anybody. You could say, let's do this together instead of just on our own. And you could just read it twice and say, what do we feel like God might be saying to us in this passage? And you could pick any passage. So today I picked a specific one, and uh, it's from Matthew 11:28 28 through 29. I'm going to actually read it in the NIV first, and so this is not yet, we're not yet doing the Lectio Divina, just, just look at it with me. This is Matthew eleven twenty eight through 29. Come to me, Jesus' words, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
In the NIV version, that word yoke there is kind of referring to an agricultural situation that most of us don't find ourselves in, obviously, where there was these oxen that were pulling, and they would be side by side, and they'd be wearing the straps to pull forward a machine that would plow the ground. And if one oxen was moving too fast and was too strong and the other one was weaker, that was going to be a heavy burden for the weak one, wasn't it? But if both oxen were able to pull together, then they were able to take steps forward and do their job well. And so Jesus is using this illustration as though, I know it seems weird, but as though he's one of the oxen and you're the other one, okay? And you're side by side and you're moving forward and he's saying, I'm not going to be one of the oxen. I mean, he's Jesus, so he could be. I'm not going to be one of the oxen that goes out ahead and drags you along because my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think some of us, if we're honest, that's not what it feels like to try to live a life of faith right now. And so I want to invite you into that question as we do this Lectio Divina. And I would like to do this listening in the message paraphrase, just because I, I think it helps us when the words are just a little bit different. Eugene Peterson wrote this version. Um, it's not the same as a translation, but it gives us a sense of just a little bit different perspective. So we're going to go one at a time, and I'm going to read it out loud, um, but we're going to look for something different each time. So the first one is the beginning of the Lectio, and it's just to read it. Just get to know the passage as you read it through the first time, and notice if anything jumps out to you. So as I read it, if anything jumps out, write it down um, under the first, you can write down Lectio or number one. I'll write down anything that sticks out to you. Here's the words in the message translation. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Just take a minute. Write down anything that stuck out to you in that first Lectio or reading in Latin. Read. What jumps out to you? All right, we're going to keep going because each one's going to go a little deeper. Here's the second one. Meditatio, or means reflect in Latin. Reflect on what you think God might be saying specifically to you or something God might want you to notice this time. Not only does it jump out, is there something that God might want to say to you and you might need to write it down a second time or circle it or underline it or write it down. Listen to it the second time. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Just take a little bit more time to reflect on what God might be saying specifically to you.
All right, the third reading. The third reading is oratio, or responding. How might God be inviting you to respond? Are there actions you are to take, perhaps a a different posture of your heart towards God, towards your neighbor, family? As you listen this time, think about, is there anything that God is inviting you to, to step into? Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Take a minute. Is there something God's inviting you to respond in some way? Okay, the final and fourth reading, contemplatio, or rest. After this final reading, we're just going to spend a minute in silent contemplation. This isn't a time of active prayer, necessarily just sitting quietly and allowing God to work through these words. So as I read it this last time, let, let them rest on you. Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Just rest in those words, and Asha shall come back up, and we'll move into our final practice. Now, I know that three practices is a lot to do in a short time, but once again, we're just kind of practicing them together. And if you go to uh, online, we have them all written out. Go to the contemplative pathway at millcitychurch.com pathways. You can do these at home. You can do them with someone else. If you didn't know, like, well, what was, I don't know what God was saying. Here's just one thing you could take away from that Lectio. What if you put those words in the message translation somewhere where you could read them every day this week? I think that would be a good way to take that from here. Um, sometimes that's all that we hear. It's not not earth-shattering. It's not always life-changing. And that's okay because we're talking about centering our everyday lives on Jesus, not just the big moments. 
The last practice I want to talk about is listening prayer. And um, this, is, this is about growing the muscle that we use to hear God. When I grew up, most of what I was taught about prayer was that it was me talking to God, which is good. God cares about what I think, what I feel, what I have to say. You can talk to God about anything. You can bring everything to Jesus. But I had very little times when, when I was encouraged to listen during prayer to what God might want to say back to me. And I believe that God is a God who wants to speak to us. And I will be the first to admit that it's not easy to know if it's exactly God. I don't know. It's a, it's a fuzzy time. Sometimes we use this term of it's almost like there's a veil between us and God where we can't totally see clearly. Welcome to the struggle. But I do believe that God wants to share God's heart with us. And sometimes the reason that we don't hear is because we didn't stop to listen. And other times when we stop to listen, we might not hear anything. But at least we know we stopped and we gave that space. And it could even be very short. And so right now we're just going to use a, a few minutes. Look at these instructions here on the screen. The first thing I encourage people to do, let's say you look at, your, you look at, at, at the time you have and it's just a few minutes. You can set a little timer on your, on your phone to say, I've only got three minutes. I've only got five minutes. I have heard parents that have hid in the closet or the bathroom to be able to do this. And that's okay if you have to hide. <laughs> but what does it look like to say, I'm at least giving God a few minutes. So we're going to do that right now. Here's the instructions that I have for you. You have your journal. We're going to give you a little bit of time. And ask God whatever the Spirit wants to show you in this time of prayer. Now, whatever comes to your mind, you might say, well, I, I don't know. I, I got a picture instead of some words. Or maybe there's something that comes into mind that's a phrase or a song or even a color. It doesn't matter what it is. Just write it down. You don't have to know it's for sure from God. It could just be your imagination. And God made that too. So just write down what comes up in your mind. And just keep going until the time ends. Ask God to reveal to you any meaning behind what you saw Write down any thoughts that you might have. And it's absolutely normal to not be sure if it was God or your imagination. You'll take these with you through the rest of your week with an openness to what God might want to say about what you heard now. Or taking that posture of listening throughout your week to what God might want to say to you. So take a few minutes just to listen. And, and, and we're, I'm going to pray and ask God to speak. And then in a little bit, Ashish will invite the worship team up and we'll have our final time of worship and communion. But let me pray and then let's go into a posture of listening. Spirit of God, you say that you are with us no matter what. Jesus, you are the leader of the church. You are the leader of our lives. And so, God, we ask that you would speak to us today through word, thought, picture, phrase, lyric. Right now, would you bring to these people, your kids who you love, bring to mind what you'd have for them to, to imagine and have for them to write down. Open up our minds and hearts. Take away any barriers we might have. And may only your Holy Spirit be here. We, we say that the, the enemy needs to be gone in the name of Jesus. We don't want to hear any lies. We only want to hear your truth and your heart for us, God. So as we take this time, speak to us, Jesus. Jesus.